Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 160 of A Play on Nerds. I'm Jarman. I'm Steve, and we're here to be nerdy and co-host the hell out of this. Absolutely, and this week we made the totally logical jump of because Avatar The Way of Water is coming out, we decided to review a film that is pretty much the same movie. It's a a white man man who goes into a, a strange world and tries to solve all their problems and somehow comes out victorious in the end. Did I get that right? No, Steve? not Dances with Wolves. Not Dances We're with talking Wolves. talking about Land of the Lost with Will Ferrell. Not Last Samurai, but Land of the Lost. Not Last Samurai. Land of not the Lost. Not any other white savior movie. Exactly. This white savior movie, Land of the Lost. So we're on a good old time not talking about Avatar in the slightest and just talking about a movie yeah, that barely anyone well. saw, Land of the Lost. <laughs> <laughs> so, Steve, what have you been up to uh, since our last recording? Well, there was Thanksgiving. We there went was. up to Anna's mom's place. Uh, for a few days, had a nice low-key Thanksgiving with her family. I made uh, roast garlic mashed potatoes. Beautiful. Uh, her her brother just butchered a turkey. Like, like it was terrible? Just, just So this is one of those things where it's just, I don't know if it's generational or just a different mindset. But the first time I didn't know how to carve a turkey... Because it was only a few years ago that I that it was my job for the first time. Yeah. I said, I don't know how to cover turkey. So what did I do? I looked up a YouTube video. Sure. So even though I didn't have the experience, I at least kind of knew what to do. Nope. Her brother, this is the first time he ever cut a turkey. And so I kind of bowed out. Right. Because I think place. I've cut it the last two years. And I was like, yep, you're here this year. Have fun. Does he, he admits he doesn't know. His Her mom doesn't know. Do either of them look it up? Does he fill out his phone with the internet and look it up? No. He proceeds to like, I don't know, like carve this thing, but he doesn't carve slices. He like just kind of carves off pieces at random points and like shreds the bird. It was so, I was like, oh my God, all the juice is just going just everywhere, guys. There's no juice left in the turkey. (laughs) So we had some shredded turkey, (laughs) garlic mashed potatoes, no vegetable. There was supposed to be vegetable. Mom just decided against it last minute. No vegetables. <laughs> no vegetables. Oh, my gosh. Two kinds of stuffing <laughs> <laughs> and sweet potatoes, but the kind that you put marshmallows on. Yeah, I'm not a fan of those. I don't like the sweet. And candied thing. pecans. Not just pecans. Candied pecans. Okay. Yeah, man. Even for me, I love decadent things, but even for me, I was like, guys, this is too much. <laughs> you know this is too much, right? <laughs> Too sweet. Um, and then other than that, we've been nursing some sick kids. Mm. Uh, Dilly and Joyce have both kind of had coughs on and off, a little bit of allergies. But then, you know, we went in and Joyce was on antibiotics for a while and it got better. And then it got worse. And we went back in and they put her and Dilly on an inhaler. Oof. So he started having a cough. And we went back in and saw yet a third doctor. 
And then he put Joyce on a nebulizer. So Joyce is now doing nebulizer treatments as needed. But we, we think we're finally on the upslope of it. But it took three different doctors and like six visits. I'll tell you what, it's with kids, it is sweeping the nation right now. There are kids sick everywhere. A lot with that HSV, I think it's called. Uh, RSV. 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 Yeah, yeah. And like flu and So cold. we tested both for COVID and RSV and both kids came back negative for both. Just a flu or a cold or something, I guess. Something. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. we got warned about RSV. They're like, RSVB is, is hitting record numbers this year. My beautiful <laughs> little niece, great. Lena, she got RSV. Uh and she also now has just spent a week throwing up with no explanation. <laughs> She's finally fine now. But yeah, just kids getting yeah, sick man. across the nation. <laughs> just kids getting sick. It's hey, at least you're getting out of the way the, before the, Christmas hot comes. Hot trend. Yeah, that's true. Hopefully, we can stave it off for the next couple of weeks. Uh, what about you? How was your Thanksgiving? Oh, it was good. Uh, so my fiance and I we trade off each year which holiday we celebrate with the parents. So uh, this okay. year it was Thanksgiving with her parents, and it'll be Christmas with my parents. So we did Thanksgiving with her parents in Safety Harbor, and it was lovely. And her mom insisted on cooking everything, but we helped with the vegetables, some chopping and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, some nice uh, some carrots and some uh, – I forgot what the other vegetable was. <laughs> and, but the coolest thing was that she did the turkey. She carved it herself. Uh, it was beautiful. Is that she made the perfect portion so there was barely any leftovers. And I thought that was very nice and non-wasteful. It was just like, this is our dinner. It's done. There aren't like, although I do like having Thanksgiving leftovers, she did so efficiently where she had the perfect amount for the, what we needed. And we all filled ourselves and gorged See, ourselves. Versus Anna's mom makes just, just stupendous amounts, <laughs> stupendous amounts of food because growing up, you know, Anna's one of four. Yeah. She's got three older brothers who ate like maniacs <laughs> and then course. their girlfriend's fiancés as they came on. So at one point, Anna's mom was cooking for like 10 or 12 people. That's a lot. But now she doesn't know how to stop cooking that way. <laughs> so she cooks for 10 or 12 people, but there's like five adults and five children. <laughs> so really, that's like the food of five adults, five and a half adults oh there. And she cooks for 12. It's insane. We came home with so much turkey that we made a huge pot of soup that lasted us for four or five days. Nice. And we still had turkey left over to make quesadillas. Hey, there the you go. Well, it's fascinating. We just I know, finished it. I know we have a lot of uh, UK listeners and... There's a podcast I listen to. Um, I'm forgetting the name of it now, but it's this uh, New Zealand guy who talks about things because he's, he's been stuck in the U.S. for a long time because first because of COVID, and now he's just kind of deciding to live here. Um, and he's finding all these customs that Americans celebrate very strange. And he did a Thanksgiving episode, and he went to this uh, per, like very professional chef's house to have a Thanksgiving made for them before Thanksgiving. It was like in October. Um, but he was learning about just the customs of Thanksgiving and how strange it is and how, of course, there's a terrible sordid history in America, what Thanksgiving really means uh, with the Native American population. But the biggest thing I thought was interesting, because I've always just thought Turkey was the most boring part of Thanksgiving. I love all the sides, you know, the mashed potatoes. Oh, it is. It's absolutely. Yeah. And it's the easiest to mess up, too. That's the thing. And the, this professional chef talked to him in the episode, and he's like, I really wish we would somehow change the tradition away from turkey because it's one of the hardest birds to cook, to keep moist and to keep flavorful. So, like, it's so easy to mess up even for, like, you know, just the, especially for, like, the beginner cooks who are trying to make this all over the country. And that's why it's always dry, unflavorful. So he had to do hours of prep work to make this thing, make the turkey interesting and tasty. 
And I was like, oh, shit, we should change. He's like, he's like, I wish we'd have pork belly for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, that sounds great. <laughs> but uh, uh, I mean, last year when we did Thanksgiving at our place, uh-huh. we did it very low key and we roasted a chicken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it was easy. It took like a quarter of the time and a quarter of the effort. And he recommended this one bird that's like the size between a chicken and a turkey. I never heard the name of it before, and I can't remember it now. But it's like it's a perfect Is size, it? but it also keeps the flavor like of like chicken. Maybe it's like it's big though. It's bigger than a chicken. But he says this is a perfect alternative because it's um it actually keeps the flavor that chicken keeps, but it's like big like a turkey, so it's better for what we should do in the future. But anyways, I thought that was interesting because oh a capon probably capon that's what it was yeah exactly so it's actually a type of chicken oh. it's a male chicken that's had that's been gelded oh god <laughs> so it has the size of a male chicken but it doesn't have all the hormones so it doesn't have the really high um muscle density okay that that roosters have that cocks have yeah but either way i just think turkey is overrated except i love my ground turkey i buy ground turkey from the store all the time because it can replace oh, ground any turkey. ground beef recipe you have ground turkey can go in there and taste just as flavorful and really good but yeah, regular turkey Thanksgiving, just uh, I'm done with it. You take ground turkey and you put some cumin and Worcestershire sauce in it, you're not going to be able to tell the difference. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love me some Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> oh, man, Worcestershire. Worcestershire. But we also have had a, the two days after Thanksgiving is Jolie's birthday, my fiance, and, and we did some mm-hmm. celebrating, went to a nice big brunch and everything. And uh, and then also 23 again. Huh? 23 again oh of course she's 23 always <laughs> um but also she loves her soccer her football so the football. world cup is happening right now and there's a big controversy over of course uh cutter is well it's weird because we, when i worked at cnn they told us our our guidance was qatar was called cutter you said cutter is their actual proper pronunciation but all the announcers mm. throughout the whole thing are saying qatar so we're just going to go with Qatar. But they did terrible things to build these uh, stadiums for this World Cup. And it's, it's awful. It's, it's they killed thousands of people, apparently. Um, and so but they're like, I saw John Oliver talking about on his show saying, but he's like, I'm still going to watch it because it brings nations together. But it's just we need to stop this in the future somehow. But so for her birthday, we watched some of the World Cup games. U.S. is doing OK right now. They made it to the, like the semifinals or whatever they want to call yeah, it. Yeah, they made it some knockout round or something. That no yeah, they do a first round and then if they beat that first round, they get to the the, six, the big 16, I think it's called, and then they go from there. So um, I was wearing my Wales shirt, cause, but Wales didn't do so well because I'm I'm like 50% Welsh. So I was like, yeah, Wales, and they didn't do great, great, great. So that's pretty much what I've been up to since then. Well, I mean, they're, they're aquatic animals. I don't know how you expect <laughs> them to do on the soccer field driving. <laughs> those whales it's with those weird cruel. accents. It's just cruel putting those cleats on them. That's all I'm saying. Because they're already dead. They have, they're they out of the water. They're dead around. <laughs> they aren't dead. Sure as hell wish they were. <laughs> That's terrible. All right. Well, we do have some <laughs> feedback this week. Um, yeah. Our, our good friend Sean Vanderloo from the Rusted Robot originally, but also the Soul Forge, uh, Sci-Fi Waffle, which is now a dead Sci-Fi podcast. Sci-Fi Waffle. Uh, cosmic the Cosmic Pizza, Pizza podcast. podcast and also the their Babylon 5 and podcast. Daniel Peter Fitch, Paul Wright. Yes. I think I just called him Fitch. Fitch, sorry. <laughs> Mr. Hitch. I'm sorry. We're doing great today. But he left us a promo uh, by email a while back, and he's talking about our UHF episode. Um, oh, God. And so we're sorry, but we record these a little bit in advance, so you'll finally hear this, uh, this voice message. I have not listened to the whole thing. I want to be surprised. I just kind of formatted it for the episode. And yeah, Sean, you would be so proud. We are so far ahead. I know. It's hard to do. He knows how hard it is to do. We would be this far. 
So we're going to play that right now. Yeah. The APON feedback. He releases like two episodes a day, though. I don't know I how know. he does it. They're like three at one time. It's ridiculous. I can't comprehend it. So here we go. Feedback from Mr. Sean Vanderloo. Here we go. All right. Hey, Stephen Jarman. It's Sean from the Soul Forge podcast. I, I mean, the Epsilon 3 podcast. I, I mean, the oh, we forgot Epsilon 3. Pizza podcast. Well, one of those or all of them, whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. What I wanted to do was give you some feedback for the episode where you reviewed UHF with Weird Al. I wanted to actually send something in earlier before you recorded, but I didn't get a chance because, you know, laziness and whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, It's cold up here in Canada, so we're a little bit slow. (laughs) But anyway, that's not the point. What I wanted to say was great review. Uh, One of my favorite movies. I still quote it endlessly to this day, uh, such as uh, Quivering Bowl of Dog Snot and Who Wants to Drink from the Fire Hose. And when anybody says, (laughs) hey, where do you want to go? I always say, let's go to Spatula City. (laughs) And nobody gets my references. Spatula City. We don't need those stinking badgers. But anyway, (laughs) I just wanted to say you guys are doing a great job. Uh, I love all the content and... All of us here at the Cosmic Pizza Podcast, I, I mean, the Epsilon 3 Podcast, uh, uh, the Soul Forge Podcast, just want to say, great job. Uh, we need to do another crossover episode soon. Keep up the great work, as you always do. Always looking forward to the never-ending content. You never know what it's going to be. And as always, of course, deep apologies to the estate of Raul Julia. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much, Sean. Uh, that was wonderful. I'm glad that you also have trouble keeping track of all the shows you guys do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I listened. I to be fair, I listened to um, Cosmic Pizza, and I listened to every every episode of Cosmic Pizza, every episode of uh, Soul Forge. But I did have to let go of their Babylon Five show just because I only watched the show once, and I just had so many podcasts I listened to that I couldn't keep up with that one. I was like, I feel so bad. But Steve, I'm going to ambush you here a little bit because just to pay back our good friends. Um, Sean Vanderloo, Daniel Peter Hitch, and uh, Paul Wright. I was going to play the promos that Sean just provided for me for their shows. So if you guys are listening to the show and you're not, um, you haven't already listened to their shows, you should. And we're going to play their promos. Sean made a great point. We should have promos that we send to other shows, but Steve and I aren't good at like further marketing our programming. So <laughs> we'll get to that. Well, maybe we're someday. not part of like a podcast network like they yeah. are. Yeah, and we we, we keep ESO it insular. Network. It's kind of our own thing. Um, but so here are some promos for podcasts that are on the ESO network that all have Sean Vanderloo in them. Here we go. You know what now is a good time for? It's time for a promo for the Cosmic Pizza Podcast. The Cosmic Pizza Podcast, you say? Hmm, that sounds delicious. What is that? It's a delicious slice of life. In every episode? In every episode, where we talk about conspiracy theories cartoons of our childhood star trek quizzes movies that we've liked pod racing general pop culture fantasy recasts but what we don't talk about is pizzas right here on the eso network all right cosmic pizza is great it's kind of like a play on nerds in a way because they talk about just different random topics all the time something i love that they do is uh, it's more like old play on nerds like when we started yeah where we were just we were just we would do anything and everything we didn't need a theme ever (laughs) One thing I love that they do is the, the fantasy recasts of uh, old franchises where they make them into a new movie with new actors. It's a lot of fun. Uh, they just did a Terminator one, which is hilarious. So check it out. My favorite is when they do like reviews of movies from a certain decade or year and they go through it. And I can't. There's always one of them in each set that's like, no, I didn't see that. 
Yeah. No, I didn't see that. Exactly. No, I've never seen that one. And I had no, no idea there were like, so many that Sean says. They trade off being that guy. Yeah. There's so many that Sean says. He's like, oh, I hated that movie. I'm like, damn it, Sean. I love that movie. I need to write in. I wish I had time to like just write in to say, to respond. I'm yelling at my phone. Like, how could you? I love that movie. Um, okay. So here's the next one. Nope, Soul Forge podcast. It. It's been on a long time. It has an intro recorded by me that I need to re-record because I've become a much better performer since then. I apologize, Sean. I'll do that someday. But anyways, great show. Here's the promo for the Soul Forge podcast. You know what? Now is a great time for a promo for Soul Forge podcast. We talk about love, loss, tattoos, sex, dating, stupid things we do for love, pop culture, mental health. We've had author interviews, adventures, and shenanigans. What? Soul Forge Podcast. Where? We're everywhere. Soul Forge Podcast. Subscribe today. Forge your soul. <laughs> You'll actually learn the entire story of uh, Sean Venderloo's life. Uh, I love the Soul Forge. Uh, we're everywhere. I just wanted to add, and we're coming for you. <laughs> Soul Forge is coming for you. That's great. So we have one last one here. This is the Epsilon 3 podcast, which I have I, I did listen to the first like 10 episodes, but I was like, I can't. I can't anymore. I don't remember these episodes. I'm sorry. But if you're a Babylon 5 fan, it's for you. It's time for a promo for the Epsilon 3 podcast. The Epsilon 3? What do we talk about? It's a Babylon 5 rewatch podcast. Babylon 5? What's that? It's the greatest 1990s sci-fi show in history. How are we going to watch it? With glee and excitement. How would we rate those kind of episodes? Out of jump gates. How many jump gates? Well, out of five jump gates. Because it's Babylon 5. That is correct. If you go to Zahadum, you will die. But you know what you won't do? You won't die listening to the Epsilon 3 podcast right here on the ESO Network. I love that last part. If you go to Zaho Doom, you'll die. But you won't if you go to That was good. That's good. <laughs> All right. It's so a little bit longer of a feedback section than usual, but we wanted to give a special thanks to those guys because they're they've been listening to our episodes for a long time too, and we we really appreciate it. So Thank you, guys. Also, check out Daniel Peter Hitch's other podcast, the Temporal Trek podcast. Oh, my gosh. Where yes. he does a chronological review of Star Trek. It's insane. In the events that happen in the Star Trek universe. And it's it gets really trippy and really kind of the, the the timeline is hard to follow as is. And it, it does its <laughs> best to make it digestible and understandable. And I guessed it on an episode. He did. Yes. Um, I guessed it on First Contact. I guess it on episode two, I think. Maybe I did. I think I did. Yeah. Maybe it was in <laughs> the future. I'm behind on that show as well. But I mean, I love it. Especially the first like, oh, my God, 50 episodes where it's just like going from the little time jumps in the beginning of time to like, it's amazing that he did all that research. <laughs> but yeah, check that out. It's amazing. Uh, we'll get a promo from him eventually for that. And we'll play it on this damn show. So, but that brings us to, to some uh, nerdy news, I believe, right? Yeah. It's time for... Nerdy news. All right, this week for my nerdy news story, I've got a cheeky name for my cheeky story called Goostia. Ooh. Well, researchers in Illinois have found that Canada geese are winning the war on humans. <laughs> uh, these geese are highly territorial, messy, and loud. And they also additionally have really very high strike rates uh, for aircrafts. So not only that, they're they're legitimately dangerous to people. Uh, Well, in the winters of 2017 and 2018, researchers tagged birds and then used uh, a series of tracking devices, including Fitbits, actually, at one point, 
um, to track their movement. And then they went to places where they congregated and they used these wooden clackers and they harassed the crap out of the birds until they left. (laughs) And then they recorded how far they traveled and how quickly they returned. And the researchers found that when harassed, geese returned to where they were twice as fast as if they left on their own. So they try to figure out why. And basically, when they leave the park on their own, it's because they need something somewhere else. But when they're driven out, they return near immediately because the thing they need is in that place. (laughs) Of course. So I'm, I'm, I became with an analogy. It's like loitering teenagers at a mall. They went there to meet girls and get some pizza from the Sabaros. <laughs> but if they hear about a party with girls, they'll leave the mall for the day. Ah. But if a security guard comes and drives them out, they still want pizza from Sabaros and to pick up girls. So they'll come back right away. So basically, Canada geese are teenage boys. Are teenage boys just trying to get some Sabaros. And pick up some chicks. I do love me some Sabaros. And that is Gustia. <laughs> Fabulous. Fabulous news. So that brings to our main segment of the night. Uh, not Avatar, but Land of the Land Lost. Land of the Lost. <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, Will Ferrell plays Dr. Rick Marshall, a defamed scientist excommunicated from the scientific community for his controversial views on tachyon particles and time warps being the next source of renewable energy. His life's in the gutter until one day a promising graduate student named Holly Cantrell finds him and reveals a crystal filled with tachyon energy and that his theories may be correct. He creates a device uh, to concentrate this energy, and they head out to the desert where she found the crystal to try to find the source of this energy to concentrate it. That's where we met, meet Will Stanton, played by Danny McBride, a scummy con man type who takes them on a boat tour of these ancient caves that they think the energy is coming from. They activate the device and are transported to a strange world. Uh, they lose the device, they get chased by a dinosaur, and they find clues that they weren't the first people there. They also meet a primate-like creature called Chaka, who becomes their buddy and quasi-guide. They're able to locate the tachyon device, uh, which they need to get home. They set out on a perilous journey across this strange world. They face tons of perils, including dinosaurs, strangling vines, giant insects. But most dangerous of all are these alien lizard humanoids called slea stacks. Uh, They're about to get eaten by these slea stacks when they find a magic crystal and they go in and they find themselves face to face with like a nicer lizard man named Enoch who's trapped there. And he wants to stop this evil entity called the Zarn who wants to harness tachyon energy and open portals and lead an army of slea stacks to dominate time and space. It's up to Rick and his gang to find the device before the Zarn. They, they venture across a barren wasteland filled with lost items from time and space, including, uh, gas stations and a ferris wheel but the arrival of an ice cream truck attracts dinosaurs and the gang nearly escape they almost get the tacky on the device but a flying dinosaur swoops down and takes it and heads towards an active volcano the group a little bit defeated camps for the night learns more about chaka's people and the reason he got banished and they wake up invigorated and ready to head to the volcano the device, uh, which I didn't mention, but it's a great, the device that has a great device, which is that it plays show tunes because he used an old hard drive. 
Yeah, it was like uh, is located or in, a, in a pterodactyl nest, and the eggs are being incubated at this lava pool. Well, he has to dance his way across across this lava glass, but when the vice deactivates, all the eggs hatch, and they have to sing them back to sleep by uh, singing "God, I hope I get it." I hope I line. need. I really need this job. Need this job. <laughs> uh, they party at a motel pool that's like inexplicably been dropped there. They eat a psychedelic fruit with chaka, and a gargantuan crab becomes their dinner. While the guys get high, Holly activates the device, follows it to a crystal portal, and inside she discovers they've been duped. That Enoch is the dangerous prisoner who wants to dominate time and space. But before she can warn the gang, she's captured by some sleigh stacks. The guys awake, realize she's gone. They follow her tracks, find the crystal portal to try to get her back. They come up on two mating slee stacks <laughs> who not only mate, but also shed their skin, which they conveniently use it as a disguise. And they find Holly in front of this like council of elder slee stacks that are just heads in these weird pod things speaking <laughs> and Holly hanging over a fiery pit. They say that they're there to rescue her and to help Enoch only for them to reveal that Enoch's the bad guy. And so they send slee stacks to kill them. They fight them off, but then the a dinosaur that Will Ferrell's character pissed off earlier in the movie shows up and uh, and eats him, swallows him whole. Well, the slee stacks are, are circling in on Will and Holly and Chaka, and just then Will Ferrell's uh, character is back riding the dinosaur who comes in and saves the day, just like the T-Rex from Jurassic Park. Uh they go into the portal. They grapple with Enoch as he tries to open a portal to Earth. They're able to uh, rig the portal open after kind of breaking it. But Enoch, Enoch grabs Will, who in turn grabs Enoch and says he plans to stay behind and live with Chaka. They should go ahead. Uh, the Doctor and Holly head back to Earth. It's a year later. Dr. Marshall is entirely vindicated and has a new hit book called Matt Lauer can suck it. <laughs> yes. Uh, Will Stanton goes with Chaka to his village only to reveal that the hideous females that Chaka warned him about are actually gorgeous human women. <laughs> and they all live happily ever after. Indeed. Also, so Jarvin, yeah. Did you guys know those who listen to our other show, Muppet Trek, there is a Trek connection in this movie, a big one. Did you know what it is, Steve? It's oh my God. small but big at the same time. Small but big. No, I got nothing. If you gave me enough time, I could probably figure it out. Well, the person who played the voice of Zarn, the person that we originally think is the evil invader, is Leonard uh -huh. Nimoy. <laughs> Oh, you're now now that I hear it, I go, oh, absolutely. He only has like four or five lines, but it's you can like I was like, I know that voice. I'm like, oh my god, it's Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> That's amazing. I am the Zard. I am the Zard. Heed my yeah. warning or be destroyed. <laughs> it was great. But yeah, um, wow, Matt Lauer in this movie though is like a fixture of this movie, and that does not age well because he's been obviously fired and canceled because of his many sexual assault allegations. I don't know. I think if anything, the fact that Will Ferrell's character's book is named Matt Lauer can suck it. Yeah, aged incredibly well. It kind of makes it. Yeah, you're right. It kind of makes it like he comes across as a huge dick in this movie, so it kind of is okay. It like it works. <laughs> yeah, if anything, maybe this this movie just sold, told the future a little bit. It did. The best thing probably in this whole movie is a little kid in the classroom towards the beginning of the movie because uh, after um, Will Ferrell's character is disgraced, he's only teaching uh, kids at the, the tar pits in La Brea uh, about the tar pits and stuff. And then he goes off on tangents about his time travel. And the first question the little kid asks is, 
do dinosaurs have boobs? <laughs> and I was like, that's amazing. Uh, and another point, another Star Trek connection is a big exclamation Will Ferrell's character has is Captain Kirk's nipples. Captain Kirk's nipples. <laughs> I love that. So good. So a couple of Trek connections. Uh, th- this is a movie that I actually think I saw in theaters and enjoyed I might have them. too, yeah. And and honestly, like Will Ferrell and Danny McBride just kind of getting to do their thing is is funny enough for me. It it's really better than I remember. Like, why was this so panned? It was it's funny. <laughs> and then even you have the guy uh, who played Chaka, who's part of Lonely Island. I can just never remember yeah, his name because he has he is. Of, not say an abnormal name, but I had to look him up because I didn't know who the hell it was. I'm like, oh yeah, it's a guy from Lonely Island. <laughs> there he is. Um, and he does a good job as Chaka as like the quasi guide and comedy relief. Um, it, but yeah, I don't understand why this movie is so panned. It's a little scattered. I'll admit it. There's a lot going on. Yeah. And I have my reasons for like, in my bad things about this movie, because typically I, I organize these segments of like, here's three good things I liked about it. Here's three bad. But one of the bad things I thought was, I don't think this new movie picked a lane very well because it was really cheesy and kind of built like a kid's movie, but then it had really dirty jokes like a Judd Apatow movie. So I don't think it knew Some audiences. Them, yeah. yeah, audiences didn't know what to do with it. Like, I don't think marketers knew what to do with it because they're like, this is kind of a mix of two strange things. So here's the thing, though. My kids loved it. Oh, they were watching like, it? <laughs> yeah, Joyce watched some of it. That's She's funny. like, this is my favorite movie. Like, Joyce loved that. And she doesn't like anything I enjoy. Really? Like, ever. That's great. It's almost obstinate where she's like, dad likes this. I cannot like this thing. Oh, my gosh. She's at that phase, I guess, already. <laughs> but she lo- She really enjoyed Lamb of the Lost. And Dilly was interested, too, because there were dinosaurs. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really funny for the adults. Uh, Anna, um, Anna Friel was really good. I'd never seen her before. I don't remember her from this movie because, but she was the British she's actress, a British actress, the yeah. one female character in this whole movie, and she was fantastic. I thought I've seen her in a handful of things, but they're all British productions. So and she's basically like playing Paul the stra- Wright and Daniel Peter Hitchnower. That's uh, true, uh, but she basically was playing like the straight man of the movie because she's like the normal person, or these these crazy dumbasses that she's around. Like she's the one smart character, the one straight man character. Um, I think she did a great job being the foil against their ridiculousness. And, you know, of course, they put her in scantily clad outfits throughout the whole movie. Yeah, immediately she, like, <laughs> rips her pants off and turns them into short shorts. And there was no oh, reason okay. given for why she ripped her pants off. <laughs> like, why was she? She wasn't fixing a wound on someone. There was just no reason for that. Right. Normally they give some. They, they don't even need one. Yeah, that's when they're like, fuck it. She's idea. just going to wear shorts now. <laughs> uh, and honestly, I think I think Danny McBride ran away with this movie. Oh, this Most was Most of the great best lines him. and best reactions and interactions were just him doing his thing. And this is a great transitional time in film where we're finally being, they were starting to figure out what woke was going to mean in the future. <laughs> so the fact that they had him say the worst lines, but he's supposed to be a dumbass bad guy made it okay to laugh at them because he says pretty terrible things. <laughs> But you're like, he's an idiot, so it's okay. <laughs> he did a great job, I thought. <laughs> um, and also special effects. Um, they had a great mix of CGI and practical effects. Like the, all the sleeve stacks were practical. And um, that made it so much better for me, too, because it gave an impression of that old school retro feel of the original TV show from the 70s. Um, so that kind of like was another check mark in the corner for this movie. Um, and the story and concept, although convoluted, like you said, it. You know, it's interesting, and I think it'd be, it, w- it would even work in a serious TV show or movie 
talking about these multiple universes or one place where all these universes and time collides. That's that's fascinating. Well, yeah, I remember two different versions of Land of the Lost. The classic one uh, I've seen some of, but then I think there was a reboot on Nickelodeon at some point. There was in 1991, I think. It's a guy who certainly was, early 90s. Yeah, he got famous later on for pl- doing George W. Bush impressions. You'd recognize him from that if you're a U.S. person. Ah. Um, he starred in Will Ferrell's role, um, but it didn't last. It did, I think it was like one season and it got canceled. But yeah, you're right. 91 was, to 92. Man. Brutal. Yeah. It didn't work out. <laughs> no, it did not. Uh, but overall, I think a fun movie worth a watch. Um, even the visual effects aren't that like they're not stellar. They clearly didn't eat the budget but they did pretty good yeah they weren't bad they weren't distractingly bad or anything there was like okay that fits in with the story and the magicalness of this place um i feel like one thing it was missing that it could have had more of it to improve it was a lot of these late nine late 2000s um comedies have a lot of celebrity cameos or at least some kind of cameos i feel like that would have oh, kind of yeah. added a little extra spice to this if they had some weird funny cameos of like they had they missed an opportunity like people throughout history could have been there still alive somehow or just popped in. Um, like well, and even even lesser so, like, you know, the astronaut at the beginning. Could have been somebody. Could have been someone. Yeah. The ice cream guy, the kid in the ice cream truck, could have been someone. Exactly. They missed the opportunity for some funny moments with some funny cameos that, like, and they had a $100 million budget. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> like, could have spent some on that instead. Just a little bit of money. Come on. <laughs> but, yeah, overall, not so bad. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. And I, I think, honestly, my favorite, my two favorite moments in the in the movie that I, I just remember over and over again is uh, it's Chaka is trying to warn them about something. And I think it's the sleeve stack. He's like, Teresa Taka, Teresa Taka. And then Brad goes, wait a minute. Is he saying Teresa Ta- Teresa Tacos? Because if so, I would like a Teresa Taco. <laughs> I have not eaten much today and I'm pretty hungry. <laughs> That was great. That and then when Will Ferrell's apologizing and he's got the banjo and he's sitting and playing the Land of the Lost theme and a huge uh bug lands on his neck, a huge mosquito yes. starts sucking his blood, and you watch it inflate and they just stare. And then it climbs to his back and he's oh I'm so sleepy, I'm just so tired. <laughs> and he leans forward and you see it's like the size of a basketball it's huge. With blood on his back. <laughs> And he falls right on it, so it explodes. All the blood comes out. Explodes everywhere. I just think that. And he's like, hey, was something wrong? And they're like, like, no, no, you you just had a bug on you, but it's gone now. You're you're fine. (laughs) Um, But just it's just an example of what made Will Ferrell so good on SNL is taking a very simple bit and just allowing him to sell it. Yeah, with his awkwardness and his just strange delivery, he's he's fantastic. That and the 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 other thing that falls in that category for me is the 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 dinosaur urine yeah <laughs> that that was great he's like ah oh, oh maybe a little bit more second splash oh no that immediately got worse <laughs> yeah. oh i gotta get some of my bloodstream he drinks some of it ah, ah. <laughs> it tastes hard oh. <laughs> just him just will ferrell drinking a jug of yellow liquid and just selling the crap out of it and it's funny <laughs> i didn't put this in my trivia but since you mentioned the yellow the the dinosaur urine um, the original Land of the Lost star, I've forgotten his name now, but the Will Ferrell character in the, in the TV show, he was going to come back for a cameo in this movie. 
but they gave him the script first and he read that scene and he's like, nah, I'm not too into dinosaur urine for as jokes. <laughs> so he refused to do it because of that scene. He refused to be in this movie. <laughs> and that's it one of the best Wesley scenes, the funniest Yuller. things in this movie. It was great. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, if you haven't watched it, folks, it's actually on Netflix, um, at least in the U.S. So you can check it out. If you already have a Netflix membership, you can just jump. I've in got and watch it on it. Amazon Prime, too. Multiple places have it. folks. There you go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's a pretty good thumbs up, a rare thumbs up for a movie that we watch on the show. Like, yeah, as long as you aren't, you know, you're not going to get a masterpiece. You're going to get a time travel dinosaur movie with Will Ferrell and Danny McBride, and like blue jokes, like just kind of just you know funny shit. Um, yeah, <laughs> but anyway, some trivia for this flick. Uh, before Holly Cantrell or Anna Friel, the actress, uh, the character Holly takes off her shirt and rips her pants into shorts. Her outfit is apparently almost an exact match to Holly Marshall's outfit in the original Land of the Lost in 1974. So that's pretty cool. Huh. Uh, Matt Lauer, in the beginning of the movie, tells Rick Marshall, uh, Will Ferrell, that Stephen Hawking believes his theories of time travel are nonsense. But Hawking, later in life, actually, uh, later after this movie came out, proposed that time travel is possible. So that's pretty cool before he passed away. Um, as the raft goes over the waterfall at the beginning of the movie, Dr. Rick Marshall, Will Ferrell, says, this is not a routine expedition. <laughs> and the theme song for the original 1974 television show started with the lyrics, Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. So that's where that kind of like is a, it was a nod to the television show. Uh, Ronald Meyer, the president of Universal Studios, had given a speech at the 2011 Savannah Film Festival, which would have been two years after this movie came out where he publicly disparaged the film, and Meyer said, Land of the Lost was just crap. I mean, there was no excuse for it. The best intentions all went wrong. <laughs> so he, he thinks it was a piece of crap, uh, the, but the president wow, of the Universal Studios. bold. But, yeah, because it's a $100 million movie, which in 2009 was still a really big deal, um, especially for, like, a yeah. comedy. But, but Will Ferrell was, like, really kind of at his height. Here. Oh, yeah. So, like, they were banking on it being, obviously, a huge success, and for some reason just didn't hit the mark. What are you going to do? Yeah. But now we're going to play a crazy game that I actually have to shout out to a podcast called The Leadest Podcast that my fiance okay. listens to because she listens to video game podcasts because she's all into that business. Um, and it, these guys play trivia games nonstop with different guests, people from the industry of video games. Like they had some Mortal Kombat developers on their podcast to like play trivia games about video games. It's, it's fun. But this is basically where they play. You play a, a song. In reverse, and Steve has to guess what this song is. Oh and my god! <laughs> and they're all movie soundtracks, things you movies you have seen. So I'm not going crazy okay. out of the, out okay. of the wall here. Um, okay. And we're calling this bit "Reverse Multiverse of Musical Madness." <laughs> and the only thing going mad is going to be Steve. Oh yeah. So here we go. So basically, you have to listen to the song backwards. And tell me what okay. he thinks this song wow. is. They're each about 20-second right, right. clips. So I'm sorry this episode is running a little long because I know Steve's always I tired. I don't give a shit, dude. <laughs> so here we go. First one. All right. So what do you think that theme is from a movie that you've definitely seen? 
and is pretty darn popular. <laughs> Man. I have no idea. This might be a real rough one. That might be the hardest one in there, actually. The other okay, ones you good. might have a lot easier time with, but this is... It sounds super familiar. And your tone, like the ambiance, I can feel it. I'm going to give you one more hint. It's okay. one of the most successful movies of all time. Avatar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you don't get the point, but it is Avatar. I don't know if I could... I, I don't know if I could name it if you played it forward, though, for Avatar. Well, here's it forward. Here we go. I, I'll play a little bit of it, not the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, I may, I may have recognized that part. That. I recognize a little Maybe. bit. Da, 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 da. That part I recognize a little all bit. All right, yeah. all right. Anyways, all right, Maybe. And by the way, right. everyone thanks Steve for this wonderful soundboard that he purchased for me that makes this all possible. <laughs> That's right. All right, so, so here we, we can go. Play crazy games. <laughs> here's here's the second one. Okay. I mean, I can, so here's the thing. I can hear it in my head. I don't know what it's from. Oh, wow. That one almost. But I can hear it in my head. Yeah, I can hear it in my head. I actually haven't heard these backwards yet because I was making them earlier today and mastering all this shit. And that sounds almost exactly the same forwards as just backwards. It does. And yes. that's why I know what it is. I just don't know what it is. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> nothing i got nothing I'm that is the wonder the woman one. theme from the new wonder woman series oh, of movies Oh yeah i didn't <laughs> like those either <laughs> i actually like the first one the second one was ooh, a lot yeah you're absolutely right there it sounds almost exactly the same all right so here's the third one here we go That's Back to the Future. What was that? Back to the Future? That is correct. Good job. The, I, more than anything, just the, the tone of the instruments. Oh, yeah. Is what gave you can it hear it a little bit. That brass. Like that. Yeah. Da, da, da. Yeah, absolutely. That's the forwards, of course. All right. So we got one point so far. Yeah. Doing great. Uh-huh. All right. Here's, here we go. Is that Willow? That is Willow. Good job. Yes. <laughs> we just had that episode, folks. So check it out. We just reviewed Willow. Um, here we go. Next one. That's Batman. What was that? That's Batman. Correct. Which I Batman? I don't know which one. Maybe the original of Michael Keaton. That is correct. Good job. All right. All right. 
All right. Here we go. Yeah, like some of these, I'm surprised. For me, I'm sounding... not even hearing the notes. It's like the tone, and yeah. I can hear it for a moment. Some of them are sounding almost very similar backwards, which is very strange. All right, here we go. Yeah. That's Star Wars something. That is Star Wars. You are correct. The main Star Wars. Okay, theme. cool. <laughs> All right, here we go. This might be a little more difficult. We'll see. Okay, okay. Good. Are you kidding me? I can hear Danny Elfman bullshit from a mile away. <laughs> yeah, it's not that difficult. <laughs> Uh, the Beetlejuice? Yeah. Right? Okay. All a lot of Elfman stuff sounds really similar, so I did have this moment of doubt where I was like, "Is that Beetlejuice?" Yeah, I accidentally, accidentally that, that, had two Danny Elfmans pretty much close together there because he did Batman as well. <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't put that together. But the the umpa, umpa, umpa is so him <laughs> that I could hear that anywhere. Okay, here we go. This we'll see how I don't know how these sound backwards. I've listened to them yet, so let's see. I'm excited. Yeah, here we go. It's like the main Avengers theme, the one that plays over the credits. The main Avengers theme plays over the Yes, you are correct. The Marvel yeah, theme. Yeah, the one that plays over the Marvel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. Very good. All right. Got okay, two, okay. Two more, two more. It was the... Like, that's the same both directions. <laughs> it is. <laughs> okay, here we go. Oh, that's the Gremlins rag from Gremlins. That is correct. <laughs> oh, nice. man. That's great. Bring it home. Bring it home. All right. One last one. Here we go. All right. It's Indiana Jones. One more time. The- it's Indiana Jones, right? That is correct. But that all was almost the same. That's amazing that, that some parts are almost almost the same. It is fascinating to hear that a lot of these. even backwards. There, some of these, though, are just so iconic that our brains probably are just hearing it. The chords. The yeah. chords are iconic. So on those big ones where it's like, dan it, dan it, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I tried not to do too many of the chord. same composer because I could easily have just done all John Williams if I wanted to because he's just so fantastic. But like, Or all Danny Elfman and they'd all just yeah. go. I think I had I had two uh, John Williams, two Danny Elfman, and the rest are kind of a mixed bag. But yeah, that, you did very well. Steve only missed two. Out of the 10. It was the first two. I got on a run then. I'll yeah. Good job. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a lot of fun. So now it's time for some. I recommend. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend pleasant. All right. This week I come with a recommend, radical recommend and a recca warn as German has deemed it. Which one do you want first? <laughs> Let's do the recca warn first. Yeah. All right, so last week we reviewed Willow, the movie, in anticipation of the new Disney Plus series, Willow. I'm here to wreck a warn you about Willow. Oh, no. Is it all out already or just a few episodes? The first two episodes. Okay. So I'm judging it on just that. Um, some things I like. St- 
story so far is pretty good. They did a good job of expanding the world because in Willow, the movie, we really got this very small snapshot. True. Um, so they've done a good job of very rapidly expanding this into like a full world with mentions of other places and different locations and stuff. Pacing is quick. The cuts are quick. And it drive the story is driving nicely from a pace perspective. Um, half of the acting is pretty bad. Oh. And that half is Warwick Davis. Oh, no. And the lead actress. Oh, no. Oh, Scenes with the two of them are almost are almost unbearable. Oh, no. As it turns out, Warwick Davis, while a legend uh, and and he holds his place in the Hall of Fame of sci-fi and fantasy. Not a great actor, guys. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Um, some of it feels like it could be directing. Cause some of it does feel tonally driven, but it's, I don't know. It's rough. I don't, it's rough guys. And nobody wanted it to be great more than me. Of course. And that now mind you, I'm not saying I wasn't excited to watch. I wasn't excited for the reveals. I wasn't excited for the new characters. All those things happened. But then on my second watch, after those like nostalgia tinted glasses <laughs> got turned down a little bit, I really had to kind of accept that like there are huge tonal issues with the movie. Warwick Davis's, I mean, bless his heart, his performance is honestly what's dragging down the show. Which is weird because I watched him in a TV show on the BBC, I think it was, or Sky maybe, um, that was about him starting a little person um, talent agency as work. He's playing himself as work. Davis is produced by um, Ricky Gervais and Ricky Gervais and his comrades who you often see with him or in the show as well, playing themselves. And he was great in that show. Like he was really funny but and he's that, natural. That and show is, is very, is very comedic and very light, but he's very sharp and very often the straight man mm. or kind of the rye man in that show. And while the original Willow, you have to remember, did have a ton of comedy. It had a ton of comedy. Yeah. Very little of it came from Willow. Mm, he's used to the straight man. He was man, the yeah. deep, caring, straight man who was always looking after the kid. Earnest, yeah. Very earnest. And yes, he had comedic moments, but it's it's too big. Are they trying it's to make him much. the comedic factor now? It, oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. And mind you, there are a few funny, he does have a few funny lines, but most of the time it feels forced. All of his lines, all of his dialogue feels really wooden and said with almost the exact same tone hmm. and spacing. Um, So watch it because it's going to be worth watching to get more of the story. But man, it's, it's pretty bad, guys. Oh, hopefully it gets a little better. Maybe, I didn't, maybe they, I didn't maybe want it to be bad. Parts. And that's the thing. Like, I'm hoping, I'm hoping so hard that, like, it's just they filmed it in order or something. And so these first two episodes are going to be rough. Yeah. Or maybe it was the director for these first two episodes and different episodes a whole different director. That does happen. That does happen. It does happen. Um, but, guys, it, it bad. So, a wreck of war. Because you're like, it might a get better. Let's hope it gets better. It could get better. I want it to get better. So <laughs> many people want this show to get better. But I thought I was crazy and then went online and, like, if you go on YouTube and look for Willow reviews, oh. it's it's a massacre, guys. Oh no, I'm not the only one. 
Um, all right, now let's talk about an actual radical recommend. Yeah. The holiday season coming up. People are looking for things to watch with their family. And this year, at the top of everybody's list, should be the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Mm. Um, it's characters you know and love. You get to see more pairings that you don't get to see often. You get Drax and Mantis as the main protagonists. You get to see so much more of Mantis, and they flesh her out so much more. Nice. That this becomes more than just a holiday special and really in many ways becomes part of the lore of guardians of the galaxy. Nice. Like there is a genuinely big reveal in this holiday special. Hmm. Not from like an overall Marvel plot perspective, but from like a lore guardians, of the galaxy galaxy perspective, it's huge. Interesting. Uh, it's sweet. Peter, uh, is missing Christmas and this is all in the trailer. So Drax and Mantis go and try to kidnap Kevin Bacon to make him happy for, yeah. for Christmas. Kevin Bacon does a great job in it and honestly really gets to show his range, which is weird to say about the guardians of the galaxy holiday <laughs> special. <laughs> um, but I highly recommend it in a season where everyone's looking for something to watch with a family. That's not going to offend everyone. I think, I think it fits the bill. Nice. I think it's the best holiday special this season. Oh, we so got to watch it. I'm so excited. I'm going to watch it. It's real good. Highly recommend. So watch that and then watch Willow and then watch that again to get the taste of Willow out of your mouth. Oh, no. And that brings us to some <laughs> trailer reviews. All right. So today we're going to talk about two trailers really quickly. Uh, first, the one we picked out originally cocaine bear which is uh and i think that we talked about this on a play on nerds like two or three years did ago. we really yeah i think it was my nerd news story was the story this is based off of and then my, the reveal oh, that they're planning to make a movie out of it that's ringing a bell like my nerd news story three years ago <laughs> that's hilarious uh, that's is ringing a bell yeah that's true. So basically it's a story of a bear. Oh, so basically cocaine gets dropped, I think from a plane that someone is uh, trying to smuggle into a certain area and it falls into a wilderness area and a bear gets into it and goes absolutely fucking nuts and kills people and goes crazy. And there's just a lot going on. So what do you think of this trailer, Steve? Um, It's weird to say that for such a, a basic premise, I can already see, the very clever way they're setting up the story mm -hmm. in that is in that the bear isn't the thing. It's that the gangsters that own the drugs want them recovered. The DEA wants to find them so they can find more clues and caught in the middle of it is like a family out for just a camp, a camping. Trip. Yes. It's a good mixture of events for a simple, silly and kind the of chaos movie. of a bear acts as the antagonist to all three of those groups. <laughs> As a it's single antagonist that each have individual goals. And all of a sudden the plot developing is way more complex than like 90% of what Hollywood's putting out right now. I know. And it's cocaine bear. Cocaine bear. <laughs> and I love that it's a, uh, it's directed by Elizabeth Banks, who, you know, is an actress from a lot of stuff, uh, pitch perfect mm -hmm. hunger games, wet hot American summer. Cause she's gorgeous. Rita Repulsa in power range. Oh yeah, exactly. And she directed pitch perfect Two, And then Charlie's angels before this, and this is her third feature that she's directing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't see Charles Angels, but I like Pitch Perfect too, and and she's just hilarious and funny and great. So, um, she has good. It's, it's like she'll make a comedic movie that still has something to say, which I think is kind of cool. 
Um, but yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. Also has uh, like one of the guys from Modern Family, uh, Tormund from mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. Carrie Russell is like pretty much seems like the star of the film as the family you said that's yeah. like out there with the bear. And one of Ray Liotta's last movies, because Ray Liotta passed away this this year, and he's in like five upcoming movies. This is one of the five that he was in. This is probably one of the it's bigger really ones. It's really funny. When I heard Ray Liotta died, I was like, oh, but he was still so young. But seeing him in this movie, I'm like, oh, maybe Ray Liotta wasn't doing so great. Well, he wasn't too old. He was like only his, probably his 60s, but he's just, I think he lived a rough life. It seemed like he's lived a rough life. Um. But yeah, it's so we can see and he's playing like kind of like a weird, crazy guy looks like in this movie. So it's worth watching. So, yeah, well, what do we give this uh, this trailer? Uh, I'm going to give this one Gary Busey uh, doing a line of coke and saying like cocaine bear. That was my nickname in college. <laughs> uh, I'm giving it one Gary Busey looking at that Gary Busey that just said that and he said, like, that's exactly what I was going to say. Because, oh, my God, I was, just, away, it's my cocaine. I was just picturing just looking at Gary Busey and it's this movie. This is Gary Busey. <laughs> he's, just, he's sitting there. He will finish this trailer. He goes, man, I can relate. I can relate. If some plane dropped cocaine in my ass, I'd be snorting a polish. Yeah. Killing everybody. <laughs> so our, our next film uh, is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 dropped today. So it kind of blindsided us. And since we record in advance, we wanted to get this out there fast so we can talk about it and get it out there to you guys. Uh, so Steve, what do you think of the gardens, of the galaxy trailer? What, what's going to happening in this trailer? Oh man, so much is going on. Um, we've been promised what we saw, which is uh, looking at rockets uh, origins. Yeah. I like that. Which have been referenced a few places, but who made him, how he was built, what their plans are, mm-hmm. maybe reuniting with an old love or friend. Uh, we finally get kind of like Groot back to where he should be for the first time since the original Guardian. He looks buffer than his old hum- like uh, self. Like he looks bigger. Yeah, there's a lot of theories about that, about how like they get to a certain weight and then they just stretch out tall. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense, too. Um, So I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting to see a movie where I don't think Chris Pratt's character, Peter Quill, is really going to be at the center of the emotional part of the film. It's probably purposeful because he's gotten a lot of flack recently, but also there's a scene of him like tearing up in the, in the trailer. So he'll be part of the emotional journey of the film, but yeah. Uh, And, but then also we get a look at Will Poulter as Adam Warlock Mm -hmm. who has big, uh, big connections with the cosmic energies so like the Captain Marvel stuff and the Nega bands and the stuff from Miss Marvel. So he's going to tie into those stories in some way, shape or form. Yeah, at least in the comics Shang-Chi. are all related. We'll see if they're all related in the MCU universe. But yeah, they are. Yeah, related I to mean, the they, they think that the bands that like Shang-Chi has are related to the thing that the yeah, other things the that Miss Marvel has. And their Nega bands or quantum bands. And there's like three different bands they could be. <laughs> um, but no, this looks nice and heartfelt. Um, we're gonna, someone's dying. I will see. Uh, but James Gunn has basically said that like, enjoy it. Cause this is the last guardians of the galaxy with this crew as you know it. Yeah. Because I think even a lot of them said they were kind of done, especially if um, James Gunn has to leave, they don't want to work with them work this anymore. Um, so it's going to be the last of this kind of crew together. Which is fine. I think they've run its course. It's okay. And James Gunn is going to go take over DC, and he'll have Dave Batista playing Bane within two years. <laughs> Against uh, what's his face, the Twilight guy as Batman. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> what's his face? Exactly right. <laughs> Robert Pattinson. Yes, Robert Pattinson. But no, I think uh, what's kind of funny is I think Thor has gone to, to be more and more ridiculous with its movies. And I think this might be the, the Guardians of the Galaxy getting a little more sentimental and serious and more dramatic, perhaps, and less goofy than it was in the past. With still some humor, of course, but it's going to be, yeah, like there's sure. a lot of serious shit going on in this trailer, so I don't know what to think of it. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, I'm going to give this one, let's see, Raul Julia uh, sitting in a Gamora costume in the theaters, <laughs> the wig and everything. They're in, and just anticipating like, oh, she's going to be back on stage. I'm telling you, she's alive. They showed her in the preview. She's going to show up. Gary Busey's like, she's not coming back. Pass me that cocaine bear. <laughs> Pass me that cocaine bear. I, uh, and I, she I was... shows up and he goes, yes. <laughs> I give this one raw Julia shaking hands with James Gunn. And then as James Gunn walks away to go towards the halls of DC, raw Julia gives him a slight tap on the butt and says, good job. <laughs> as he walks away. I can see it. Yeah. It's a nice little dramatic sequence playing out. <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of episode 160 of A Play on Nerds. Join us next time for a holiday-themed episode where we're going to talk about the new Will Ferrell Ryan Reynolds film, Spirited. Yes. And bring you a little bit of holiday cheer. It's on in theaters and Apple TV Plus, so watch it yourselves. Yeah, you have time. Uh, well, until that time... Keep on coming back and being our nerdy audience, and we will keep on coming back and being your nerdy co-hosts. Thanks again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friends. Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Feel free to email feedback at aplayonnerds.com with all your questions or comments. Shoot us a message on Facebook or Twitter and earn yourself a sweet shout out on the show. Review us on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts so even more nerds can find us. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, we aren't picky. Check out our entire back catalog and other offerings at aplayonnerds.com. And how? And how?